Hello and welcome to the Park Rush Podcast. My name is Josh. Unfortunately, no Tom this week. I will be solo dolo due to uh, kind of timing issues. Tom had to go to the Arsenal. We decided to watch Lord of the Rings back to back to back all of Saturday. Shift work, that sort of thing has uh, meant that we couldn't get in the studio together. I was hoping uh, I was going to get some family members on for this episode, but uh, they weren't too keen on it. So this week uh, I'll be doing a solo trip report all about my trip to Drayton Manor in the week. And because I'm alone, uh, there will be no correspondence this week. Uh, we have had some correspondence in, an email uh, specifically, uh, and I think we've got some tweets as well. Uh, we'll co- cover them next week when Tom is back on the show. But yeah, this week it is my trip report about Drayton Manor. I went there last weekend, really. Myself, my parents, my brother, his wife, and uh, their child. And we had a really good Really fun time. Cannot, I'm going to say this straight out the, out the gate. Can't really fault Drayton Manor. It was really good fun. We Everyone enjoyed themselves. Uh, no one really had a bad thing to say about any of our time, any of our time there. Is that is that the right? Yeah, let's go with that. So we went, it was, we kind of took a long weekend, you know. Uh, we started, we went up on the Sunday. Uh, we stopped off at uh, Stratford-upon-Avon for a few hours during the middle of the day, we went on a little uh, boat trip. They had a food festival on, so we went and uh, saw what what was going on. Got some uh, some uh, chips and some mac and cheese and uh, some things like that. I took a walk around the stalls. Was, uh, didn't really didn't buy anything. Um, bought some nuts, some uh, some cashews, some uh, honey roasted cashews. They were nice. And then we went on to Drayton Manor, where we stayed overnight in the Parklands Hotel, which is uh, the Drayton Manor Hotel, uh, one and the same. It's a nice hotel, you know, actually. Uh, it's not like top-level stuff. I'll tell you that straight out of the back. I'm not, it's not, uh, not your uh, sort of uh, monorail loop at Disney World, but uh, I would say it's um, more a higher level than a, hol- than a UK Holiday Inn. And, you know, you can't really fault it. The rooms, uh, we had three rooms between us. Uh, there are some Thomas the Tank Engine themed rooms. Unfortunately, we didn't get one of those allocated to us, so I can't tell you exactly what they're like. But the rooms were perfectly well furnished, very clean, TV, a uh, little kind of sitting area, uh, some good views out of the park and, and the surrounding area. Breakfast was included the day after. That was... Uh, usual kind of buffet fare with some uh, hot food, uh, your kind of typical English breakfast food items, uh, some continental stuff, which is obviously just basically croissants and pan au chocolats. Had some, I had a lovely fruit section with some bananas and some uh, various types of melon and that sort of thing. So couldn't really fault the breakfast. Uh, the dinner was okay. I can't really say anything too bad about it. But that wasn't included. That was an extra fee. Uh, uh, yeah, and they had a bar. The bar was nice as well. Uh, can't really fault any of the hotel. Uh, the hotel staff as well, great. You know, really friendly, uh, very attentive. Uh, cannot fault them at all. Um, very pleased with that. You know, every single member of the family very much enjoyed their time staying at the hotel. It's only for the one night. And, you know, we went up on the Sunday Went to the park on the Monday, then drove back Monday evening. But uh, yeah, it was a good time had by all. There was a, you know, people are having weddings there as well. There was a couple of weddings on there while we were there. 
uh, one on the Saturday and one on the Monday. And they seem both parties seem to be really enjoying themselves. So can't really argue with that either, right? You know, if it's a good, uh, sounds like a ideal wedding, if I'm honest, you know, you have the wedding and then like the next day, down the park, you know, it's what, it's what Disney dreams are made of or a great manner dreams in this scenario, you know. And then, like I said, Monday, perfect day. Obviously, these kids are all back at school. Uh, most adults are working. I am unemployed right now. I'm in between uh, side gigs, as we like to call them here on the uh, Park Rush podcast. Um, so, I, so you know, I was very uh, happy to go up there and go to a theme park. I mean, I couldn't really refuse, right? I'm off work. People are going. People I know are going to a theme park. It's basically a given. Had to go, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Good. To, good time. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Drayton Manor Theme Park uh, is kind of relatively north. Uh, I say that as a uh, someone from the southeast of England. Some people would very much disagree with where I place this in the north-south Midlands divide of the country. But uh, yeah, it's actually uh, kind of kind of near Birmingham, I guess you could say. It's kind of east of Birmingham. Fairly, if you know uh, Stratford-upon-Avon, it's about 30, 40 minutes from Stratford-upon-Avon. Uh, so it's... it's for, if you're in the southeast, it's a fair drive to get there, but it's still closer than, uh, say, Alton Towers, uh, I would say. It's been open since 1950 and has kind of had kind of different names and different uh, focuses throughout the years. There is obviously the theme park area, the main theme park area, which includes uh, the Thomas the Tank Engine land. Uh, and then there also is also a uh, zoo area, which is open at the same time and is included in the price. It's all one park. So there is a zoo area as well. It's about 180 acres, which is 73 hectares. And they get about 1.5 million people each year coming to the park. Uh, it's the fourth largest amusement park in the UK by land area. So there you go, some some basic stats for you. Uh, there's also car- camping and caravanning available. Uh, they have a camping caravan caravanning club. I think there's there's about ninety pitches, and there's some glamping tents available as well. So, very much you know a lot of stuff to go around. So, now to the part proper. Obviously, the it's an interesting one actually. The it doesn't look like they've they've got the main entrance open at the moment. I guess various reasons, COVID. Now coming out of season, uh, now that the schools are all back, and so they're using entrance number two, I guess they call it, uh, which is like a the, the side entrance, a lot smaller than the main entrance, a lot less glamorous than the, the main entrance. But there were so few people in the park on this Monday that it's not surprising at all. For example, the longest wait we had to wait for was uh, for the haunted, uh, kind of like the haunted mansion sort of. Uh, experience slash ride and that's because part of it is a walkthrough experience that you are partially guided through Uh, so you have to wait for the group in front of you to pass through before they can get the next group to go in and that's like a 10-15 minute wait probably maybe maybe 20 minutes and you're like that's it that's like the longest wait the actual like longest queues were in Thomasland obviously because uh, the kids that are like big into the Thomasland area aren't at school they're still uh, kind of preschool kids uh, so parents that are you know the maybe the parents both parents maybe the working parent whatever have taken the day off and gone to Drayton Manor or maybe they're more local so uh, the parent that looks after them at home has taken the kid or the kids 
to Thomas Land for the day. Um, it's very suitable for that. Uh, that's the longest kind of queues that we saw and the longest there was 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. So Drayton Manor, if you want to go uh, <laughs> weekday, once the schools are back, perfect, ideal time. Other than that, like we basically walked on every single other ride. Like no question, like, yeah, we'll, like I'll talk about one of the rides later, Apocalypse, but literally I walked up, there was no queue. The guy was just chilling, just like, hey, how's it going? I was like, oh, it's pretty dead up this end. He's like, yeah, it's like this, you know, it happens in, in off season. Um, and then literally like strapped me in, let me go, uh, went on with our day. Um, the park it, itself is kind of set up a little weirdly, I would say. And it's just kind of the nature of how the park is. There's a lake to one side, which takes up a lot of space that isn't really built on. And then there's a smaller lake on the other side, uh, which has a little bit of built, being, you know, work built on. Uh, and then you kind of have like the main strip down the middle of the park that some of the rides are on. Um, but then you have two, I guess the two main areas are at the front. You've got Thomas Land to one side and Adventure Cove to the other side. Uh, and then kind of, uh, it's kind of separate in a way. You have the zoo, uh, which is its sort of own separate part, uh, kind of away from uh, the major rides. There's kind of two ways to get there as well. There's the, you can get the uh, you can get Thomas, the tank engine from Thomas Land to the zoo, or you can walk in from the opposite end. Um, uh, and I think that's kind of a cool setup. You know, make sure that you know the animals uh, are far enough away from the roller coasters that they're not bothered by the roller coasters. Like you, you can't really hear any of the roller coaster stuff going on from the zoo, which uh, is good. It means you know, animals aren't. Uh, too bothered by what's going on in the rest of the park. Um, obviously, we spent most of our time in Thomasland um, because of that's where the longer queues were, and that's kind of the the main point of the day was for um, my you know for my nephew to have a really fun time, um, and so he was going on the rides that he was best suited for. Um, so we got there first thing, uh, and we. You know, we kind of did some stuff there, went and did a ride elsewhere, came back again, did some more rides, went back, did another ride, and then came back again. Um, and the park was open uh, 10 till uh, 4.30, 4, 4, 4 on, the, on that day, on the Monday. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I kind of, I try and, I won't like throw us, like I won't follow, follow through the day how we did it, because obviously it was a little bit broken up. Um, I'll go through Thomas Land first, then I'll go through Adventure Cove, uh, and then I'll go through uh, kind of kind of some of the stuff uh, f higher up in the park. Unfortunately, I didn't really hit the zoo proper. Um, I only went in there to go to the loos once. Other than that, I didn't hit the zoo. But they've got you know they got they got a variety of animals. So I'll, I'll just touch on that really quick. They've got you know I believe they've got some tigers in there. They've got some meerkats and parrots, uh, kind of assortment of kind of monkey chimpanzee characters, some ostriches and some emu uh, and some kind of those and kind of the the like kind of bigger rodent kind of animals that I can never remember the names of. Uh, they've got like a reptile section. 
Um, meerkats, did I mention meerkats? They got meerkats, if I didn't mention them. And they got like a dinosaur area as well, like a dino trail. Uh, and they got a tamarind trail as well. So there you go. That's kind of the zoo. My dad and uh, and my mum and my sister-in-law and my nephew, they did go through the uh, zoo while my brother and I were off doing uh, a couple of the more you know major rides once again. And uh, they they seemed to enjoy it. You know, they just took a, a, a walk through rather than uh, anything major. Uh, but yeah, they, they seemed to enjoy it. Mate, let's get let's get on to it. Let's get on to Thomas Land. Uh, for those of you that don't know, because I don't know really how Thomas, you know, gets around the world or whatever. Um, he gets around by rail, actually, because he's a train. Uh, Thomas, the tank engine, is, as the name suggests, he is a tank engine uh, from the island of Sodor, and he has adventures with his friends and his uh, his. I don't know if they're brothers or if they're just friends or whatever. Um, I wasn't really into Thomas Tank Engine as a kid, um, so I'm I'm a little uh, little off with the deep and rich Thomas the Tank Engine lore that they really truly go into in these uh, in these parks in this park. But uh, I kind of go through some of the stuff. Uh, there are a couple of kind of very chill. Uh, car rides you know that are like on a track so you you're in like a so you just kind of follow a track really slowly and you maybe go for a, a building with a farmland area um and that sort of thing uh, there's two of them so there's uh sodor classic cars uh which is like a ground-based one and it looks like an old like um if you've seen cars uh you got the like the crazy the crazy car from cars you know that's a bit you know Losing the marbles because she's a bit old, and you've got um, the guy who founded Radiator Springs. They kind of the car looks like the cars kind of look like that. Um, and then you've also got, if I can find the name of it, you got a uh, Toby's Toby's Trams, I believe it's called, um, which is a similar one, but it's up in the sky. It's like a monorail. Uh, and I didn't go on either of them because it was like a one one adult per car. Uh, and so my nephew picked uh, the... Well, actually, the, uh, the the monorail one is two adults per car. The uh, classic cars is one adult. But my nephew picked picked the adults. He, he got to choose the adults every time. So he got to go... He, he got to choose those ones there. Um... And they're kind of, you know, basic things. Um, then you have Harold's Helicopter Tours. And Harold's Helicopter Tours, um, as the name suggests, is you get in a little helicopter. Um, I managed to get on this one. This was uh, actually not bad. This is probably the tallest. Uh, this, this is the second tallest of all of the Thomas Land rides um, after Cranky's Drop Tower. And you are in a helicopter and it spins around in a clockwise circle and you go high into the sky and the kids think they're flying a helicopter. My nephew enjoyed it. Uh, he said it's good fun. I thought it was pretty good. It went, it had a fairly decent, you know, speed. The, uh, was it centripetal force or whatever it's called? That kind of throws you to the outside of the car. That was, had a, some good pace to it. Uh, you are seat belted in for these, these rides. The kids in the front have a seatbelt each. The parents in the back uh, have one seatbelt for the two of them, I guess because they're a little bit more cramped in there anyway, so it's, it's harder for them to fall out and they're meant to be more sensible. 
that's pretty good. I, I I should probably pull up. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pull up uh, the names of these, uh, or, or kind of what kind of style of rides they are. Uh, okay, sorry. So I I got that wrong. So it's not Toby's Tram Express. It was Winston's Whistle Stop Tour is the monorail style attraction, uh, and it's Sodor Classic Cars, which is the car ride. Harold's Helicopter Tours is a Samba Tower ride. Apparently, that also features the Tidmouth Sheds outside of Edward Henry, Gordon, Toby, and Rosie. So there you go. If you were looking for uh, those, the gang, Edward Henry, Gordon, Toby, and Rosie, they're there with uh, Harold's Helicopter Tours. Um, quite a few of these we didn't. We also didn't go to, on because uh, the kid wasn't super keen, maybe. But one of them that we did manage to get him on was the Tr- Troublesome Trucks Runaway Roller Coaster, which is a Gersa Lauer junior roller coaster it's not bad you know it's not a bad little so you get um it's an individual lap bar but it's two by two um by two by two by two it's like capacity of about 10 people but you get a single lap bar per it's like two people in each carriage and you get a lap bar per person which is quite good it means that uh the kid is safely restrained uh next to you rather than flopping around dangerously if you're a, a larger gentleman uh or large person in general uh, or just an adult, you know, because adults are bigger than kids. Who'd have guessed? That's really good. That's actually really good. You go around twice. There's a lift hill, and you just do some like kind of switchback sort of things. It's nothing uh, major, but you get some good lean on, uh, and there is a camera, so it's, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, 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 trying to like go through, you know, everything. Make sure that we cover everything that we went on. Flynn's Fire Rescue was a favourite of my nephew. Flynn's Fire Rescue is a fire brigade ride in partnership with the West Midlands Fire Service. There you go. Um, And it's basically there's some buildings that are uh, supposedly on fire and they go up and down, up and down, and you're spinning around at the same time and you need to shoot water into the burning buildings to put them out and save the day. Uh, Always good fun with the kids, obviously, because they love, you know, water pistols and that sort of thing so uh being able to shoot water is always good fun as long as they don't and they also don't like getting shot back so uh, well a lot of the time anyway so it's you know you're just shooting at the uh at the ride and the ride is not shooting back at you which is always uh, a bonus for this sort of age group um and yeah that's it's pretty casual you stand up on that one as well and that's you know one child one adult so all good um and then you have uh Jeremy's Jets Flying Academy um which i guess is a little bit like uh the Aladdin flying carpet or uh Dumbo uh Disney World uh it is an an aerotop jet ride so it looks like a they look all of the uh i don't know don't know what you call them uh, uh seating you know seating arrangement is uh, a load of jets a load of planes and you can go up and down you, you know, it spins round in a circle and you can go up and down, up and down. It's good fun. It looked good fun anyway. I didn't go on that one. The one I did go on, though, was uh, James and the Red Balloon, uh, which is a Samba balloon ride located at the back. Um, and this is actually... Let me have a look. Yeah, that is the newest of all the rides at uh, the Thomas Land area. And it's... Uh, a, so the balloons go up and they kind of come... They cycle round in a clockwise direction, and you just sit, sit there and you have a balloon. However, 
you can control the spin of your individual carriage as well. So you got to know that I was absolutely pinning that thing. My nephew was like stuck in the corner. I was like, you enjoying this? And he's like in the corner going, oh, yeah. He didn't have a choice. He was going to enjoy that thing, whether he liked it or not, as I span the hell out of it. Uh, we came off. He was very happy. So I, I would say that I did a good job as uncle there. Um, and no one can say otherwise, quite frankly. Uh, that's pretty much it. Obviously, like I said, you can get on uh, the Thomas... Uh, it's called the Thomas, Rosie and Percy Engine Tours. And they are actual uh, themed uh, steam engines that are themed to Thomas, Rosie and Percy. Uh, and they drive from uh, Thomas Land to the zoo and back again if you want. And that's always good fun as well, you know. Everyone always enjoys that. It kind of gives... And it's obviously, it's a working train... Uh, the train goes into one of those turn tables to turn the to turn the engine around. Great, yeah. Everyone, everyone, all the kids seem to really enjoy that one as well, which is always good to see. Uh, I didn't go on that one, like I mentioned, because my brother and I were off doing things in Adventure Cove. Now, Adventure Cove is where kind of the big the big rides come in. This is the main part of the park for for the elder. Uh, members of the uh, party, not the not the oldest, but you know, just older in general, and the kids that are excited for Thomas Land. And there's some there's some some good rides here. I have to say, the first one we managed to go on was Maelstrom, which uh, I'm going to have to pull up what sort of ride this is. It is Maelstrom is a gyro swing ride with 32 outward facing seats on a circular gondola. There you go. So it, um, if you don't know what that means, um, which you might not, you might do. Um, it's one of those rides that it spins anti-clockwise, like all of the seats are in a circle facing outwards, and that, so that spins, but then it's on an arm, and the arm is like pen, is like a pendulum, and it swings out uh, to both sides, so you're spinning around, and so you get like kind of cool airtime moments, which is really good fun. I uh, really enjoyed that, actually. Uh, really impressed with that one. Um, it's really basic as a, you know, one of these like kind of, uh, flat rides as, as they call it. Cause obviously it doesn't, it's not really a flat ride, but cause it's not a roller coaster as such. Um, it's really, really, really good fun. Another quote unquote flat ride that we went on was, it's called air race seaside air show, which is a, a Zamperla air race ride. Um, I had the, I've never seen one like this before. Basically, um, you spin around in a circle as always as with all these rides, but then you're on a plane, which is meant to look like a like a Red Bull Air Race kind of style plane, and that is on an arm, and the arm is also spinning kind of fr- from an out-to-in motion, which then is obviously then spinning you upside down. Uh, so you get these kind of like really cool uh, airtime moments as you uh, kind of get pulled down from being upside down and then you get kind of the g-force action of it then pulling you back up the out the other side uh and it's yeah you, like you it's really good fun and it like reverses and goes out to in as well so uh really good fun and no cues for these rides as well which um i was really impressed you know really happy with you know just could jump on whenever i wanted didn't have to worry about it uh one of the uh kind of family rides in this area is 
that we went on is the Adventure Cove River Rapids. And the Adventure Cove River Rapids is a 455-meter-long river rapids. It's changed its name uh, once. It was originally opened in 93 as Splash Canyon. Um, and then it reopened this year, in fact, with um, after being closed for a few years, uh, with new boats, new effects, and new theming. Um, and it was pretty chill. It was a pretty chill... Um, rapids it's not going to get you anywhere near as wet as Popeye so if you're looking for that this is not the ride however there's another ride that will get you wet tell you that much but as a like a pretty chill if you want to chill rapids ride this is probably it this is the one um, and it's still fun you know just because it's it's that anticipation you know you're like oh oh uh, but then not getting wet so the whole family can enjoy it those that don't like getting wet like my mum or those that you don't want to get soaking wet because they're going to have a bad day like my nephew they can all enjoy it which is always good to see although unfortunately my nephew was uh, slightly too short for it so he couldn't go on so the water ride that will get you wet though storm force 10 this one jesus so this is a 500 meter long flume ride which apparently uh you know we were making jokes about it actually but it was actually formally sponsored by uh, the RNLI, the Royal, uh, what's that? The Royal National Lifeguard Institute, is it? Uh, I'm going to have to Google that one. I don't. I can never remember what RNLI. The lifeguard people, Royal National Lifeboat Institution. I was, I was pretty close. Um, and you can tell because, like, the uh, boarding area, the station is all very much themed to, uh, you know, it being a kind of one of these like kind of like lifeguard stations and this ride has three drops in it it's a water ride three drops it's a bit like um it's a little bit like tidal, tidal wave at thought park or um, i guess kind of like the jurassic park ride at islands of adventure but it's a smaller boat you're talking three rows of two in this boat it's a weight you know they measure you so that you're not overweight as a boat not as individual people and they're not fat shaming you or trying not to anyway and it starts off and the first drop is out of the station it's a it's a fair old walk up to this station by the way you there's a lot of steps you have to climb to get up to this place and then you you drive out the boat drives out of the station and it stops and then the back lifts up instead of just dropping you the back lifts up so you're pointed downwards at an angle and then it drops you into your first drop and you get absolutely soaked straight out the gate drenched so if you like that sort of thing you're gonna love this one it then goes around a little you know it does uh it has like a a water wall section which i've never seen uh so like aggressively done before like it's not super well themed but it's so aggressively like you know these water walls which is always quite funny uh and then you go into a then you can climb up into like a water tower looking feature, which is actually a turntable and it turns you a little bit. And it's, this is a bit like uh, the Frozen ride or uh, Maelstrom, as it used to be called at Epcot. It turns you and then you go backwards down a drop and the back of this boat is flat. And you know what happens when a, a flat object hits water? It goes frigging everywhere. It goes all and everyone was absolutely soaked the boat was sinking there was so much water in it uh it was absolutely nonsense and then you go 
round and you do an even bigger drop. This drop is like, I'm not even sure how it's a, trying to see, uh, I'm trying to see. So it, this drop is probably around 90 foot on this Maelstrom ride. It is ridiculously high. I guess it's not ridiculously high, but yeah, it just drops you and it's like more wet. Just what you needed to be even wetter. You get off this ride, you're absolutely soaked, drenched through. There is not a single bit of you that is dry. I'm telling you, if you like getting wet, this is the one. I would say I got more wet on this than I did on Tidal Wave at Thought Park, for example. Uh, I don't think I've got more wet than this on any ride in the UK. Um, luckily, it was a lovely day, so getting wet was not an issue. You know, it's not your usual overcast, wet British day, so uh, we was absolutely fine. And obviously, the next ride we went on, uh, just to uh, get some wind on our hair, dry off a little bit, was Shockwave is an Intamin stand-up roller coaster uh, built in 1994. Uh, it's only it's one of only two stand-up coasters in the whole of Europe. Um, and it is also the only stand-up roller coaster with a zero-gravity roll ever made. So there you go. It's a first and an, and an only, I guess. This is a 105 feet uh, drop. It's 500 meters long, top speed of 53 miles an hour, four inversions. It's pretty mad, this ride. Actually, uh, stand-up rides are always weird to me. Like, they're a bit freaky, but uh, very impressed with it. Really enjoyed it. It did my dad's back in, I will have to say. Uh, but his back is kind of bad anyway. And, but, I mean, you know, I really enjoyed it. I'm just reading this. So, like I said, so it's got a zero-G roll. It's got two corkscrews. Um, it's got a vertical loop as well which doing a vertical loop on a stand-up ride always feels mad. Doing corkscrews feels mad on a stand-up ride. Doing anything on a stand-up ride always feels mad. It doesn't feel natural. Getting into the ride as well is a little bit weird. You have to like put one in, one because one side of the restraints are static. They don't move. Uh, so you have to like sh sidle sideways into that one and then pull the other one down over your other arm to lock you, to lock you in. But yeah, very happy with it. I really enjoyed it. Again, can't really fault any of these rides at all. Really, really impressed. So that's kind of the front of the park. I should say, actually, uh, I thought that Thomas Land was for, I guess, a small kind of smaller area for kids in a not, you know, not the major theme parks in the UK. Uh, I thought it was really well themed. All of the rides were pretty well, were well themed. All of the staff at this place were awesome it's the best theme park stuff i've ever had at a uk theme park really really uh, you know seemed like they were enjoying their day were always upbeat especially in the thomasland area you know they were talking to the kids like saying hello uh you know my nephew had a um uh what is it uh flynn's fire rescue shirt on so when he went on flynn's fire rescue they're like oh my god that's the best shirt here blah 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 the guy when we went on to James's uh, red balloon was talking to him like, "How are you enjoying your day so far?" He's like, "Yeah, it's, it, he's a little kid, so he's you know, he, he he's he's in, he speaks in basic sentences, but he's like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, the staff have been the staff were absolutely awesome. So that yeah, like I said, that's the front of the park. There are some other things here, uh, kind of as you walk up the main section, you got a carousel, which is a really old carousel. This carousel, I say really old, it's really old comparison in comparison to. Uh, the rest of the rides at the park. This carousel is from 1958. Um, and it's been kind of renovated a couple of times. 
to bring it up to uh, to keep it running. Didn't play any classic carousel music though, which kind of sucked. It's the first carousel I've been on in quite some time, but you know, to not have classic carousel music kind of sucks. Moving further up the park, uh, there are I, I, there are some rides here that I haven't mentioned. So there's an express train uh, that we didn't go on. Uh, obviously, there's some rides in Thomasland that we didn't go on as well. There is a ride called the Jolly Buccaneer that we didn't go on, which is like a a spinning boat ride, a pirate thing. There's a lot of spinning rides, you know, a lot of family spinning rides, you know, you know, small uh, carousel teacup style rides. So we didn't go on all of them. The next one that we did go on, though, was, if I can remember the name, uh, was Accelerator Roller Coaster, which is kind of fun. Accelerator is a, a junior boomerang roller coaster. Uh, goes up to 62 kilometers an hour. I don't know what that is in real money or uh, imperial that is 40 is it i don't know 37 there you go close enough um and it goes so you you load on and it then goes backwards up a hill uh at that point it stops and it drops you and it like boosts you through the lift through the drop as well uh and then you go around the circuit and you go up a hit and it goes up a hill and then you do the whole thing backwards back into the station. That's good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's just, again, it's a family ride, so it's not massive. Uh, it's like 1.1 meters to get on this ride. Uh, most of the rides were fairly short. Like you could be fairly short, like 1.1-ish meters to get on. Some of them were 1.4, like the roller coasters, like the the thrill rides. Uh, so you know your air race, your shockwave, uh, your your uh, maelstrom, that sort of thing. But yeah, the, um, there's another roller coaster here that we didn't go on, unfortunately, called the Buffalo Roller Coaster, which is the original uh, coaster for the park, uh, which is, uh, let me find it, it's on this list, 1987. It's a powered roller coaster that goes over the lake, and this is a height limit of one meter, and this is, um, yeah, so it's self-powered. There's no chain lift. The uh, train, the roller coaster train has the wheels in it, so that, and the engine, or the motor in it, so power the wheels. So it can drive up hills if it needs to. So it's always kind of going at a fairly consistent speed rather than having uh, big scary drops for the kids. Um, but that's cool. That's made by Zamperla. It's obviously been there for quite some time. One of the rides that I did try and go on but was unfortunately not able to was uh, Pandemonium, uh, which is a 360-degree spinning inverter ride. And unfortunately... Uh, the way the uh, shoulder restraints are built, they were coming down too low on my shoulders. So they hit my shoulders before they hit anywhere near my midriff, um, which meant that, you know, it couldn't shut and therefore I couldn't ride the ride. So obviously this ride is rubbish and they should uh, get rid of it. In fact, they are, uh, that ride is currently up for sale. So if you have money and want a pandemonium ride uh, from Fabry, uh there you go up for sale phone up drayton manor give them a call uh let them know let them know i sent you their way maybe i'll get a finder's fee i don't know you know annual pass to drayton manor or something that i won't use because it's too far away we shall see uh the other uh kind of major ride the final major ride really uh there is a pirate ship i should mention that goes to an angle of 75 degrees which is pretty good we didn't go on that either i know tom would have tom likes a pirate ship but uh not this time uh, the, the final one we, that I went on solely by myself was Apocalypse, like I mentioned earlier, which is a stand-up and sit-down drop tower with a 
with a 54 meter drop and it's the first stand up drop tower in the world there you go another world's first we're big on world's first over here in the uk uh, this has also got currently up for sale which is kind of unfortunate because it's kind of unfortunate that no one was really going on it because it was kind of mad so you, you get to choose right so there's four different stations one of them is um sit down with a floor then you've got sit down without a floor stand up with a floor stand up without a floor i obviously went for stand up without a floor and you load onto it and you sort of get into like a uh you kind of bend your knees a little bit you crouch down into the seat into the quote-unquote seat a little uh then it, the harnesses come down which is a it was a much more natural feeling harness than shockwave uh and then it uh, starts lifting and as it lifts obviously your feet come off the floor so your legs naturally fall straighter but then it tilts you forward ever so slightly so you're looking so you can look straight down but then you're also like more in a more straight up position oh boy it's a really weird feeling and then you, and then you get to the top uh and you drop at 50 miles an hour and you drop the 54 meters in four seconds and it's it's uh it's pretty rapid it's pretty rapid rapid it's the tallest ride at the park at 177 feet, 54 metres. And it's the only ride that can be seen outside the park. And uh, it can be seen in parts of the uh, local area of Tamworth, which is kind of cool. It was, like I said, the first stand-up coast drop tower in the world. And it uh, kept, that kept the title as the only drop tower in the world until 2005 when Hurricane Condor at opened at Porto Ventura. Uh, in Spain, as Tom and I have mentioned, we might try and go to. In 2008, this ride received an airtime award for from amusement park fan site CoasterForce.com, whose members voted it the best thrill ride in Europe. There you go, best thrill ride in Europe, folks. I've been on it, and it's pretty great. It's probably my favourite drop tower. There you go. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I've said it. As drop towers go, this is my favourite. I don't consider Terra Terra a drop coaster. If anyone is wondering like i said 2020 uh the ride has been listed for sale so if you want a 177 foot 54 meter tall uh drop tower with four different methods of seating or uh whatever let direct man know let them know uh that i sent you that way and you want me to have a season annual season pass you know annual pass uh thank you very much so that's kind of that's kind of the big rides. Um, like I said, we also went on the haunting, the haunting, uh, the haunting, ah, uh, uh, the haunting. I'm gonna throw this out there, folks. The haunting is not good. Uh, it's a Vacoma madhouse ride themed as a haunt, old haunted vicarage. So uh, the attraction had a minor refurbishment in twenty. It was originally opened in ninety six. Uh, got a minor refurbishment and a different story in 2016. Um, if you have been on Hex at Alton Towers, um, it is like a much smaller version of that. So the uh, pre-ride scenes are shorter and uh, smaller and a bit more out there. Uh, and then the actual ride itself is a lot smaller. So you can re can't really fit anywhere near as many people on as you can on Hex. But the way this ride is set up, I guess it's a little bit like Haunted Mansion in the US where you, obviously you queue outside and you're like stopped waiting. Uh, I guess also a bit like Tower of Terror. Um, and then you go into the pre-ride section 
And then the pre-ride section, there is actually multiple sections here. Uh, so the first one is that you are being, I guess it's a bit, little bit like Avatar, think about it. So uh, you go into the first pre-ride pre section uh, and you're talking to a scientist about how there's some spooky goings-on in this old vicarage. Then you get asked if you wish to proceed. You proceed into the next area. And the next area is like, there's like an old creepy picture of an old lady, you know, old old timey lady. Uh, and then she starts like, she comes to life in the picture frame. Uh, and the, there's ghosts on the ceiling. And there's there's the, actually in the uh, stretching room of uh, Haunted Mansion, obviously, you get the bit where the ceiling uh, goes see-through and you can see uh, the hanging above you. There's a similar element in this ride uh you know the ceiling goes see-through and you can see dead people above you so that's kind of cool uh there's ghosts on the ceiling the mirrors fall from the sides like hell starts to come through from the like that red uh hell kind of lighting comes to seeping through the floorboards um so it's kind of really cool like this section but it's a bit it's a little bit um i don't know how you want to call it cheesy i guess is the, is the way you describe it but it is what it is and then you go on the ride and it's one of these like really kind of minor kind of pirate ship style rides, but it's uh, in long benches. So you tilt ever so slightly forwards and backwards, but the room actually spins around you. So it makes it feel like you're going upside down. It's a, it's a pretty cool effect, but once you realize what's going on, it kind of ruins it a little bit uh, for me anyway. And then that's it. You're, it's over. The ride's over <laughs> uh, once you do that uh, and you're out. Uh, so that's that. Uh, and unfortunately you got some, we had some, uh, you know, some of the rude boys thought they were really cool and wanted to mess around and take photos and stuff and try and touch some of the props and that sort of thing. So unfortunately we had staff over the microphone of the tunnel going, oh, please don't touch it, uh, which is an annoying on two fronts. It's annoying that the staff have to do that. Uh, and it's annoying for us that we kind of have our experience ruined but there we go food wise always uh food wise is next food wise food wise isn't a place food wise is just what i'm talking about what i'm talking about next food wise uh, <laughs> uh we'll talk about food next that's what i'm trying to say the food was fine food wasn't anything to uh gloat about i guess they didn't have any uh sugar donuts in the morning which was frustrating luckily they managed to get the machine working by lunchtime they didn't have any spiralized potatoes that I wanted for lunch. Oh, I wanted to try one of them for lunch. Uh, you know, when they get a big potato and they spiralize it and then deep fry it. So it's like kind of having one really long spiralized chip, I guess. Um, they did have hot dogs. The hot dogs were fine, if a little undercooked. Donuts, I felt, have been stood out for a bit too long. They did do, this is an interesting one that I have never seen before. I don't know if they have this, I think they do. Uh, in the US, but there is a pizza brand, at least over here, called Chicago Town Pizza. And they became kind of famous for doing uh, Chicago-style deep dish pizza. Nowhere near the level of like a Giordano's or, or something like that. Uh, we're talking a lot a lot smaller deep dish pizzas. But they now do things like stuffed crust pizzas and uh, tiger crust pizzas and that sort of thing. And actually here, they were serving Chicago Town, slices of Chicago Town Pizza. Uh, which was kind of cool. You could get milkshakes used, uh, made with Kelly's dairy ice cream. Uh, there wasn't really enough ice cream in the milkshakes, unfortunately. They were a bit uh, liquidy for my liking. So this is probably the biggest letdown of the day. 
all the food was still good. It was just fairly basic kind of uh, fair, uh, kind of amusement fair sort of stuff. Nothing, nothing to write home about for sure. But it is what it is, I guess. I'm trying to think what else was there. Um, not a lot else. Like I said, didn't really do the zoo. Uh, we did hit up the arcade though. It's a classic arcade. Brian's uh, was well, no, it's not Brian's work museum. What is it called? It is called. Maybe that, maybe it doesn't have a name. No, it doesn't look like it's got a name. But it's a big old arcade, basically. It's a pretty good arcade. Uh, nothing spectacular in there. You know, a lot of the your two P machines that are always uh, I always enjoy. Obviously, never go in there to win money. Uh, as you know, some people just go throw money away on a two P machine. It's like, yeah, I, you know, ch- change two pound into two P's and then fed it into a machine. I know that I'm not going to get that two quid back. It's the thrill of the chase, man. Come on. But I did notice, uh, I noticed this actually when I was away in June in Barmouth. Uh, all of the 2P machines now also give you tickets because I guess that's the way that they really make their money is that uh, they have really cheap, rubbishy toys that would cost you like 10p to buy in a shop, but they charge you like 100 tickets for it. And then you spend 15 quid trying to get this 10p toy because you need that many because you need so many tickets to get it we got we, we got my we got enough tickets for this toy which is like one of these sticky toy things like you throw it at the ceiling and it sticks and then eventually it'll fall down my nephew broke it within 10 seconds of getting it from the shop like it's so bad but what can you do right what can you do I always enjoy a 2P machine. Like I said, my mum, it, it comes from my mum. My mum enjoys it from uh, her childhood as well because uh, that's what her mum used to do with her. So, yeah, I think it's about £40 per person to get into Drayton Manor, uh, roughly speaking. Uh, they are on Tesco's, so the Tesco's Club Car vouchers. If you uh, are based in the UK and you have a Tesco's Club card and you want to go to Drayton Manor, you can use your Club Car v- ticket uh club card points to turn into vouchers for uh, Drayton Manor as you can with I think all of the UK all of the major UK theme parks um, Parklands I think the, the hotel was I think it's like £130 a room per night which maybe a little steep for what you're getting in that in that region of the country an equivalent holiday is probably not that expensive and you'd probably you know you could get breakfast included for less than that but it's the benefit of staying on site, I guess. Uh, you don't get any other benefits. You don't get like early access, like like you do in the U- US. Obviously, you get early magic hours. Uh, they also do that at Alton Towers. Um, and I think Chessington. I'm not sure about Thorpe Park. But none of that here. Uh, I think that's something that they should offer. Uh, they should offer early access. But I guess if the park is so dead anyway on a Monday, where's the benefit to opening, you know, Where's the benefit to the park in opening an hour early and paying staff extra? I guess is probably their logic. I don't know. Again, I don't know whether they're going to start using the main entrance next season. Uh, hopefully when COVID's all over. Uh, and hopefully, because um, I did go into administration uh, at the beginning of lockdown, unfortunately. So uh, August 2020, Dragon Manor was sold to Looping Group, which uh, own West Midland Safari and Pleasurewood Hills. Uh, Pleasurewood Hills is like a, a theme park, I guess, as well. Um, I've never been to Pleasurewood Hills. That is in the lower stuffed area of Suffolk, so maybe that's maybe that's on the cards for 
some point in the future. But I think that's a fairly small... It's got some roller coasters there as well. So we'll have to have a look at that one. It's mainly kids' rides, though. It is mainly kids' rides. Younger kids. It might feel might feel a bit weird going there without without kids. But that's Drone Manor. Um, the map uh, will be on the show notes, and uh, I'll put links to the website and that sort of stuff as well. I did post some pictures on our Twitter feed, and I will post that on the show notes as well. Uh, the show notes are found uh, on newhighscore.co.uk, or you can find us on the Twitter uh, at Park Rush Podcast. Uh, you can email the podcast. If you have any questions, further questions about Drayton Manor uh, or any information or anything like that, email us, podcast at parkrush.com or tweet at us. You can do that as well if you have any questions. And obviously the podcast that you're listening to right now can be found on parkrush.com. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been Josh. Tom will be back with us next week uh, as we go through some news and emails and that sort of thing. Thanks again for listening. Once more, one more, once more into the breach. Thanks again. Uh, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.